All right, this is Ross Payne here with the role playing. Yes, Public okay, Radio. Ross, Ross. Uh, I think we can forgo the usual shit. Just let's avoid the announcer voices this time. I'll do it for you. Hi, that was Ross, and he's with Role Playing Public Radio, and he thanks you for joining us today. Well, Tom, yet you forgot the episode number, which is forty-four, and the episode title, which is "Don't Hate the Game." But you did it in the non-announcer voice. My job is done. Okay. Well, uh, I'm so happy about that. I guess I don't really think you are. Ross. No, uh, but we do have, a, and you're you're making us look bad in front of our guest, Tom. I don't think we do have a guest today. We do. We have Mike we do. for Bear Swarm. It's part of the Bear Swarm podcast tour of two thousand. Did all right. So uh, fantastic. Yeah. I've never been privy to the announcer voice in first person before oh yeah and how, what's it like it's everything i hoped it would be <laughs> great uh just for all you listeners out there uh so anyways uh we got a lot to talk about this uh episode or not we'll make stuff up um uh, so for the record we'll be doing a lot of microphone turning here yes because so. i have two microphones three people because um, ross is a cheap ass bastard which is better than two girls in one cup um oh yes he went there humor. So, uh, of course, we were all at uh, Fear the Con recently. Um, Indeed. In St. Louis on March 12th through the 14th. Um, it was a very entertaining time. Uh, we were uh, invited up there, and Bear Swarm guys showed up as well with some of the uh, uh, other podcasters. And um, for me, it was fun just getting to run games uh, for uh, several different groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like a good road trip. Yeah, yeah, just getting out of the Springfield for a while to escape its dreary. Though I will, I will say, uh, yeah, we, we left Springfield to escape the dreariness and drove right into dreariness of St. Louis. Um, it was cloudy and raining every second we were there. Yeah, that's true. I think it was um, probably because of you, Tom, or possibly me. Uh, Suck my ass, Ross. <laughs> Seriously. Um, anyways, as you uh, <laughs> see on the actual play, I've run, I ran Delta Green, uh, Wild Talents, and uh, Monsters and Other Childish Things. We'll have the uh, actual plays up shortly. We also got to try out Mouse Guard, which uh, is a very fun system. We'll get into more of that a little later on. And just getting to meet some of the podcasters up there, I think, uh, I mean, overall, I had a good time. It, there, There's, you know, a little uh, uh, weirdness in some places. I, I, I don't want to uh, say it. weird. Um, but... You know, getting to run new games, try new games, meet new people, all that fun stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, I did did that. I didn't run anything because that would have actually required me to sign up to do something. Yeah, and work is... I hate work. Yeah, you hate planning and, you know, thinking of things in advance. You just want to show up and do whatever. Yeah, I played some games, a couple of which are going to be my shout-outs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also did the World of Warcraft board game, which uh kind of a fun game. It's not exactly like playing World of Warcraft. and. No. uh just seeing the amount of prep prep work that goes on to setting that game up, uh, I don't know if I'd have the patience. If I hate work, that, setting up that game seems like work. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. For me, though, the only thing that kind of annoyed me is that, um, you know, there are like a, a bunch of different podcasters there. You know, not just us, Fear the Boot, Bear Swarm. You know, there's Kicked in the Dice Bags, Ed Healy from Atomic Array. And before this, we had been emailing each other and talking about, oh, we should get together, we should record something, we should do something together. You know, and I was looking forward to that. And uh, when it came to the time to actually do that, everyone was too tired or they didn't want to do it. And I was... Did was, you mention there was free beer? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That might have had, had something to do with it. But I was kind of wanting to uh, uh, get involved with some of the other podcasts or, you know, try and do a, a podcasting event or whatever. And it was uh, annoying that we didn't actually get to do that. So. Like a podcast all-stars kind of thing? Yeah, something like that, you know? <laughs> we go out, we fight crime, have a Saturday morning cartoon, get a talking dog. 
Um, so, Sounds uh, awesome. Yeah, no, we should that, hook that up sometime. We should. That's that's what I'm saying. Gen Con. Of you course. would be announcer. And apparently, and speaking of Gen Con, I learned that Gen Con apparently is a horrible, horrible con uh, that <laughs> no you, one should go to. And you'll you'll find this out if you listen to the uh, the Fear the Boot live episode that was recorded at Fear the Con. Apparently, Gen Con terrible. It is. Don't bother. Uh, we learned how great Fear the Con was. There's uh, nothing to do at Gen Con. There's nothing to do at Gen <laughs> Con. I mean, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a bit, you know, I'm, I'm just Fear the Boot has a great community. It seems like they have a lot of people who are really enthusiastic about it. But man, they love and they love Fear the Con, and uh, they do not like Creepy. anything well that, <laughs> that's tom's words not mine i don't want to you know uh start a uh, podcast war or anything but I mean, uh, that, well, that's boring it's like it's like fandom no that's, that's, well you need to I, they can hear me yeah they can hear me maybe i don't know my voice carries like a retarded ogre right <laughs> um so what, what, what do you think mike you were you were watching the episode or the live recording and everything so um Without trying, to, I'm not trying to be, uh, well, a dick, <laughs> but I don't think that I should, I should preface this by saying that I left about 15 or 20 minutes into the recording. Right. And the reason that I left was because the first 15 or 20 minutes minus the like two or three minutes that I think it was, uh, pretty sure the only person that had anything interesting to say before I left was you. Yeah. Because before that it was... It was nothing but people coming up to the to the mic and saying, Fear the Boot is great, no. which is fine. I mean, you're allowed to like Fear the Boot, but that doesn't go anywhere. You're yeah. not promoting any kind of conversation. And I, the idea, as far as I understood it, was it was supposed to be more of a question and answer, almost yeah. a recorded yeah. panel sort of thing. But there were no real questions that people were asking. Like, yeah. it was pretty much... Fear of the Con's great, and Fear the Boot's awesome. And, and I'm so-and-so on the forums. Yeah. And um, I'm getting my PhD, or I'm doing this, or I'm... Uh, it's the first time I've ever left the state. Thank and, you for the fruit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fear the fruit, yeah, that was a big thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I tried to talk, get a conversation started about running con games. Cause, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Fear of the Boot guys, they've probably run a lot of con games themselves, and I've run more than a few. So, like, finding out what... I, and it's not... It can be very rewarding to run a con game. Have you run any con games or anything? I, uh, I haven't. I'm trying to think. I've been through a lot of like little cons here and there. Right, right. I don't think I've ever ran a con game. I mean, I've, I've ran con-like one-shots and stuff like well, that, that before. Well, you know, same difference. I yeah. mean, it's not I've like, ran plenty of one-shots. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever ran a con game. Yeah, and there's a little there, there's a little learning curve. There are a couple of tricks you can do to you know minimize that. You know, like... Make sure you know the system backwards and forwards. Make sure you can teach the. It's a system that you can teach people in twenty minutes. Yeah. Because no one will show up with paper or dice. They yeah. just expect to be entertained for three hours or four hours. <laughs> and uh, you know, even systems like Call of Cthulhu, very simple systems. But um, you know, you know stuff like that. And I, I tried to you know hit them a softball so they could get started on it, and they just went all. To, I mentioned like hanging out with gaming celebrities, you know, sort of sarcastically, and they mm-hmm. like latched onto that. Uh, and sort of went off on another tangent. So, um, I don't know, Tom. What do you think? Since you were you were there too, although you didn't ask a question again, being lazy like you are. No, uh, I felt you were properly representing role playing public radio. Yes, I did do the announcer voice for them. You did, and uh, some might call that pandering, but yeah. <laughs> I call it. I hey, call for the boot listeners. Try listening. To I call stuff. it self promotion. Yes, exactly. So which is I will say that for the most part, the con was really fun. Um, Luckily, I mean, it's it was a, certainly a different a different kind of con. 
Yeah, no. A it, lot smaller and a, a bit more manageable, if that's your thing. Yeah. And uh, the games I was I was in were they were good. All the players were good. Mm-hmm. So really, uh, it's actually been the experience I had with Gen Gun is like good people, good games. It's just a size difference, the number of things to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of wish they they had at least some of the con games and not in that main hall, so the recordings would have been a little quieter. I'm sure I probably could have just asked to move to somewhere else, but um, I will say the the bringing the food to you while you're gaming. That's nice. nice. Yeah. That was nice. I mean, the food itself was, you know, pretty, you know. Generic. Carnival-type food. I mean, it's, you know, but dude, burgers you, and hot But, They gave you a sheet. You marked what you wanted, gave them your money. They took it and brought it back to you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, I'm, I hope if they invite us or whatever, we go back, Do if we do it again next year, that we actually plan some sort of actual podcasting event and they actually, for the actual mm-hmm. recording, uh, that they actually uh, do something that's more I will say, I will, I will forever take away yeah. playing the World of Warcraft board game with a guy drinking a, drinking a pitcher of beer like it was a mug. Yeah. That was... There's something. a couple of those, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. There's. There was. A, there was. A, yeah. They had free beer there. So if you're in the St. Louis area, I mean, it's probably a cheap way to get drunk. If you, even if you've never gamed before. I mean, there, like, when I was uh, demoing uh, Iron Tyrants, yeah. which is a kind of a minis skirmish mech game mm. that uh, Luke from the podcast is actually writing. Uh, one of the guys that sat down to demo it was doing the same thing, uh, which is funny because he sat down with two pitchers. Wow. And he worked his way completely through one and halfway through the other before his friend, who was also demoing and was not drunk, was like, maybe you should just go away in the car. <laughs> he was getting belligerent a little bit. Uh, he got he got crit in the game, basically, and one of his mechs got one-shotted, and he looked at the guy and told him that he could fit in a dumpster. And everyone else at the table was like, what is that? What? <laughs> We're confused. And then his friend was like, maybe you should just go wait in the car. <laughs> That's 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 quality. Yeah, that's that's wow. like one step. That's like one step from like. Do you have an idea how easy it is to slit the carotid artery? <laughs> um, that's a, yeah. I do remember in the Delta Green game, there was one of the players who was drinking. You know, it was like, oh, you know, it was a Vietnam game. They're they're waiting in the C one thirty plane to jump out. Very tense moments. Like, well, there's nothing to do. We're just waiting to jump out of the plane, right? And parachute out. It's like, yeah. Well, I, I start masturbating. It's like. uh no, you don't. The hooked horror attacks yeah, you yeah, immediately. Yeah, the giant mon- flying monster crashes in the side of the plane. Make a luck check. Oh, you failed. Whoa. Guess who's going out the plane? <laughs> um, so, which actually did happen, I think, more or less. Well, you can listen to it. Um, one player did die. I, I do remember that. And that, that character, one player character died um, during yes, that little intro uh, <laughs> scenario. So, um, you know, it was worth going to, I think. Um, it was fun. And, I, you know, if you read Rob Justice's note on Facebook. And we and find out his after effect. I don't want to. I'm not going to spoil it. That's for those of you who are his Facebook friends. And by uh, the way, we yeah. ate at a motherfucking White Castle, too. Yeah. The White Castle, that which is not in Springfield. It was, uh, I don't know. Are you? Uh, I'm my, very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there was a movie about it. That means it must have been good, right? <laughs> and my friend David, who's from St. Louis, is pissed off. I called him and left him missing. We were eating there. He called me back saying, you're a motherfucker. <laughs> Oh, it takes all kinds. It does. Um, so, yeah, we'll talk more about some of the games uh, that we played um, at there in our shout-outs. Uh, but 
I guess we can start going into the main topic, which is, of course, you know, don't hate the game. Now, what does this mean? Well, um, if you've been on the internet and the internets and you've... Uh, uh, and from what we heard, that's probably a fair number of you. Well, I, I would assume all of you, since our show is only on the internet. Um, <laughs> if you've been going to RPG podcast or uh, websites, message boards, that sort of thing, I'm sure you've seen at one point or another, uh, Flame Wars or Edition Wars about some game. You Right now, the hot topic is obviously... Uh, fourth edition versus Pathfinder versus third ed. And there are a lot of, you know, people are hating on both systems, you know, and uh, there are some rabid fans on both sides. Yeah, no. And, you know, we, we could talk about it and it's just for me, I don't know. The whole point of this is that it is like, why are you wasting your time arguing about this shit? Um, You're not going to convince anyone. Yeah. So I don't know. Like when you see these, I mean, like, are there any sort of like a, a major, like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, people compare, you know, invoking, oh, you must be a Nazi if you like this version of the game, or, you know, this company is awful, or whatever. I mean, when you see these flame wars, what do you see? I mean, what do you think? What are you thinking, usually? Uh, I mean, personally, I pretty much skip over them. Oh, yeah. If, if there's any kind of wall Wise of... Wise decision! Wise! Yeah. If there's any kind of wall of text, this is why 4th edition, or Pathfinder, or 3.5, or whatever, sucks. Mm-hmm. I mean... There's no substance to their argument 90% of the time. It's yeah. just they're pretty much their argument boils down to I don't like it. Yeah. Well, that's fine. You're perfectly allowed not to like something. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I don't need to read why you don't like it, especially if you're not offering me any real concrete reason yeah. aside from it's my taste. And also, yeah. and also, how many times can I say fag? Well, <laughs> or to use very, I mean, for me, what, what, what really just bugs me is why do they do this? And this is something I, I, I'm very, I have my own theory on that, but I'd like to hear. He's but, writing a thesis. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, yes, Tom. Um, mm-hmm. Why do people do this? Like, why are they so motivated to write, you know, mul- you know, walls of text about like why Pathfinder is killing their babies and you know, <laughs> shooting their dogs? Well, about yeah. about a month ago, um, me and Rob went up to a, or I guess down to a con in Arkansas called DrakeCon. Oh, and yeah. We, yeah, yeah. we recorded an episode down there with uh, John Wick, who's a game designer. Oh, yeah. And uh, with one of his friends that actually happened to live in the area. And one of the things that uh, John had brought up was he was he was telling a story about how he had told another game designer, I don't remember exactly who he was talking to at the time, that he didn't like D&D. And he was telling him all the reasons why he didn't like D&D. And the other guy stopped him and he said, John... Uh, I really don't want to talk about this anymore because it hurts my feelings when you talk about how why you don't like the games that I like because you make me feel like you're calling me stupid. Right. Um, and one of the things that we kind of talked about was that gaming is such a personal experience. Whenever, like, your D&D and the experiences that you've had playing D&D are probably nothing like what I've had playing D&D. They're not the same because... It's not. It's not like playing a video game. It's not. It's all about what you bring to the table, what your GM has you doing. It's. It's a very social, dependent on who you're playing with kind of experience. And so when people start talking about the game, and even if they're just talking about the mechanical system behind the game, a lot of people take that personally because they have fond memories of this. This is what they love. This. They had so much fun doing this. And then when you're sitting there telling them that it sucks for this and this and this reason, even if they're perfectly good reasons and even if you're not trying to be a jerk about it it can feel like that it can feel like this kind of personal attack on your taste because it is such this personal thing it's it's all about what 
what kind of mood you're in when when you're playing it and what kind of game it is and it's it's so variable from one individual to another let alone one group to another yeah that's that's you know that that's very insightful I, actually uh, uh, I'd like to hear what did John Wick have to say about that uh, he he basically said that he he doesn't he tries not to bash on game systems anymore yeah. because of that because really? that that conversation kind of showed him the other side of the coin like mm-hmm. you know what if what if someone came up to John Wick and started telling him why they didn't like House of the Blooded or right, the right. L5R editions that he wrote or whatever and you know it's not like you can really argue those points yeah but it's it's just kind of a well okay i mean <laughs> that hurts my feelings a little bit but yeah. okay um so basically, yeah, he's basically just said, you know, he tries not to. Yeah, because I actually, I remember I recently found his uh, original rant against Third Ed. And it's a very long thing. It's like 6,000 words. And he goes in very long. Oh, I've been from the wasteland. I mean, it's, and, you know, I've seen how gaming is doomed. Or, I mean, it's very, you know, not like, I wouldn't say, a bit overwrought. I mean, you you've, you know John Wick's writing very well. and Yeah, slightly. So he, he gets very, uh, um, very passionate about why third ed is a bad addition and why oh it's it's kind of it's mediocre and they they steal things from other games and it's you know nothing new or innovative and blah 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 and well it's rather hard to leave your ego at the door yeah um especially when you're john wick and you have you know l5r and house of blood and all this other stuff on it well i mean i mean mean for i mean for anything i mean most people take things personally yeah even if they try not to yeah um that's yeah that's true you motherless goat yeah. oh it's like oh yes one with daddy issues <laughs> <laughs> oh see you know and we can uh roman cow anyway <laughs> um so i think that's very dead on and i think the first step in you know stopping these additional wars and you know informing people that this is why they happen i think that i think that that is the central reason why uh these things happen and so you it if you're one of these flame wars, it's you know recognize that you're doing this and step back. And I've seen some that you know they start out very you know like very much like constructive criticism. Yeah, um, it does not stay there long. <laughs> no, I have never seen it. Whereas I have never seen uh, someone saying why I don't like this system, and they'll start all of them will start fairly civil. Yeah, but then other people will start commenting. Yeah. And from there, at least maybe a page or two of comments goes from, well, this is why I don't like it, to, you're a fag! Or you're a Nazi. Or you're a Nazi. Nazi or fag. One of those two. Or Nazi, fag, communist, whore, Jew, gay, you know, anarchist, uh, PETA, liberal, socialist, uh, socialist, anarchist, fascist. Um, Oh, Ross turned the flame war into a dirty thing. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yeah, and that's true. I mean, the thing is also, I've never heard of anyone like having legitimately changing their mind from a flame war on the internet. No, it's, it's, no, it's, it's like two fundamentalists arguing. Yeah. You are, they will, one will never convince the other. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. No matter, no matter, it's, it's like, it's actually, it's like two conspiracy theorists arguing. No matter what evidence you put before them, no matter what ironclad hardcore facts, they shall never be convinced. Yeah. Ever. That's true. Um, and what's interesting is a lot of these uh, arguments are um, you can see them recycled over and over again. And you and the, the weird thing is a lot of these can be uh, proven or disproven. 
like, you know, objectively, like game balance. I mean, there isn't, you know, sort of a... Well, some things can be measured. Yeah, in the sense, like, you can mathematically prove that one game is balanced, you know, like chess is balanced. I mean, there's a whole theory of branch of mathematics about game theory. But, like, um, you know, so why don't we take some of these arguments and just kind of, like, break them down? Like, the, the one argument that always bugs me, it's like a video game. You know, third edition was like Diablo. And, of course, fourth edition is, what game would you can, can call, what game do people consider it, Tom? I don't know. There's a lot of choices we could do here. Yes. But you, you haven't read any of them. You don't know the game of choice that they, they refer to. I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's the one you played a board game of. I know. But just saying the words, it almost seems to cheapen it a little yeah. bit. I will let our guest here yeah. answer that question. Yes. Um, uh, I've heard that it's kind of like EverQuest. <laughs> yeah. uh, the 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 common complaint is that it's basically the tabletop version of World of Warcraft, yeah, which yeah. I have played. Which yeah. thank you very much. Which I, it's not the board. Uh, game. Yeah, I I think that argument's complete bullshit. Yeah, it's nothing like. I mean, you could play it that way. I guess. Yeah, you could just sit down and and be like, Kill okay, for six hours. Th- we're gonna take uh, you know five dudes and we're gonna go beat up a dragon. Yeah, and it's gonna be like World of Warcraft. Well. Sure. I mean, I guess so. Well, what's interesting is, like, let's assume, let's take their argument and just uh, agree with it for the sake of argument. Okay, it is like a video game. I mean, where do you think video games all got their rules and ideas from? I mean, their terminology, everything from. They got them from, you know, role-playing games, you know, tabletop role-playing games. I mean, mean, you could do a whole book on just how, you know, role-playing games influence video games, influence role-playing games, influence video games, and so on. I mean, it's like a a feedback loop. My favorite uh, example of that is EverQuest. Yeah. uh, Which EverQuest is loosely based on old-school D&D. Yeah. And then they came out with the EverQuest role-playing game. Yeah, they did. For Free 5. It's like, and it's it, it reminds me a lot of Street Fighter the movie, the game, <laughs> like it's like, wow! Wasn't that with the storyteller like, system, the old uh, White Wolf game? Yeah, it was. Is it? It's oh, hilarious. I have yeah, books. yeah. I, I, you actually have them. them. Wow. I have all of them. Wow. That's yeah, unfortunate. I, I actually bought them for three dollars a piece. <laughs> Which shows you how great they were. Uh, well, they're played with cards, but it's pretty much the White. No, Wolf. The, the 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 RPG wasn't played with cards. There was an actual RPG. Yeah, no, no, no. The RPG had cards. Really? Wow. They were optional. Oh, I see. I see. Um. So, I mean, but how is that a bad criticism? I mean, what I'm getting is, like, why that's a bad thing, even if it is influenced by a video game. Like- well, I, I think that it's it's a little bit of role-player snobbery. Mm. Like, you know, tabletop games are so much more creative and involved, and there's a lot more give and take there, whereas a video game, is, at least before you get into, like, massive multiplayer online games and yeah. things like that, it's pretty much... Someone sits down and writes a story, and you go through it. Now, there's plenty of argument over uh, sandbox-type games and all this. But really what happened is someone wrote a story, and you get to experience that story in a video game. I think that—I don't think that there's anything wrong with a role-playing game mechanically taking a lot of inspiration from video games, especially if it does it well and it's fun, which I'm not 100% of a 4E fan. I think that 4E does some things well and does some things not so well. But I will say that there, the comparison that people keep making where it's basically World of Warcraft, which is the combat system, mm. uh, 
I think 4D's combat system is fantastic. Yeah, no, like, it's, it's it's fast paced. It, it's every every class and even two characters of the same class can be completely different and function in different ways. Everybody gets the job done, and there's no class that you have to have. That's true. That's you know, like, and I th- I think that that's a great way to design a tabletop role playing games combat system. It's it lets everyone feel different and unique while still being cool. Mm-hmm. And nothing's required. Like it's not. It's not like in three five where you sit down. and It's like, all right, who's going to be the cleric? Exactly. Because if we don't have a cleric, we're fu- we we're... can't do anything. Well, technically, you get by with a lot of wands of cure light wounds, but that and a bar, I mean, that, yeah, that's yeah. not really <laughs> like you can. But <laughs> let's be honest, it doesn't really work. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I really like that about four E. Now, four yeah. E has other problems, and most of my problems with it are have nothing to do with the game itself, and have more to do with how they've built up the supplements. And how uh, they're kind of pushing the game forward. Mm-hmm. Like I think the base three books are really good. Yeah. And I think that even the the first round of supplements, like martial power, divine power, arcane power, I think those are really good. Where the game kind of starts to lose a lot of its luster for me is in like the PHP two, martial power two, things like that. Because I, I feel like a lot of the game is losing and losing its identity. Mm. Like there's so many different defenders now that yeah. me being say a fighter it, it doesn't mean anything yeah um but yeah that's that's my main complaint about it which like i don't think 4e is a bad game it's just there's problems with it there's things about it that i don't like yeah. but it's certainly playable um and and that, that's a good point because one thing with all these powers and they're all core and unlike, you know, 3.5, you could limit, you know, certain things like we're only using the core three or whatever. And now technically with the, I mean, the, the character gen program, DDI, is really cool. I mean, I really like it. It's fucking essential if you're making a character over level one, uh, as far as I'm concerned. But it's really, really annoying that, you know, like, players like, oh, I want to play a barbarian with blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what a barbarian does because I haven't bought PHP 2 and I haven't bought PHP 3. Which yeah, I, PHP it's not out yet, but it's coming out soon, right? Coming out soon. Well, monks and this year, I think. Oh yeah, that's right. But I would actually say, but uh, that that's pretty much the uh, there's some things I like and some things I don't. Is going to be true with every last game system you ever play. Yeah, there's going to be things you like and things you don't. Now, column A may have a little more than column B in certain games. Like, Palladium certainly has a lot more in the don't like column, but yeah. there are still things I like about it. Yeah. As much as I rail, I do rail against that one, I am guilty of it. Yeah. I don't go on the internet and bitch about it, though, but right. I do it here. <laughs> and and really, with Palladium, in Palladium's case, it's uh, um, the uh, the fact that they won't update the rules. I mean, the set, if they updated the rules, I'd be playing Palladium. I mean, it's simple as that, because Rifts is such a... You know the it's, well, it's, kitchen sink of adolescent power fantasies. You you have a which little we, bit of everything. Which we still it's, we still greatly have within us. Yeah, it's like ah, I want to be a ninja. I want to be a hobo. I want to be a cyborg ninja hobo. <laughs> now, know? well, yeah, no, we're not. But then there's cinnabar. And, yeah, I want to be a hobo who can eyeball a fella. That's an actual class power <laughs> for the uh, uh, vagabond. <laughs> eyeball a fella. You know, <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is not a joke. This is actually in Rift's Ultimate Edition. That's so, how the yeah, vagabond well, got the uh, yeah the, the group. Where you could have a hobo. And they're the only class that can do that. Where you could have a hobo and a dragon. Yeah. Walk into a bar. Um, Literally. So, yeah, there, I mean, you can mention that there are, you know, uh, no system is perfect. I mean, that's true. Um, 
especially in RPGs because you have all these narrative choices and everything. And I think I want to get back on the the, the snobbery thing, and that, I think that's a lot of it too because you know there's always people. I think you've all probably all seen the geek hierarchy where you know published sci-fi authors think themselves higher than you know academics think them. Uh, you know, it's like starts out with sci-fi authors and ends up with furry fan fiction writers who self-insertion right insert self-insertion Star Trek fan fiction where Kirk is like an ocelot or something. And and and, um, and they're in self-inserted characters in Mary Sue. And everyone imagines themselves above at least somebody else. There's always got to be, and you know the Ocelot fanfic writing guy is going to be like, oh, I'm better than the guy who writes the same sort of stories. Only they eat each other, and you know, yeah. Uh, or it's like, or Kirk, or, or Kirk, Kirk was a mouse. Hello. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and furries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have a good time here. We do. Um, so. You, you, it's okay to talk about game balance, and there, there's certainly valid complaints with like fourth ed. I think those are really good points on like the, the, the sort of power creep. But that, I mean, that's inevitable with any edition. I mean, like if you look at the 3.5 character optimization boards, at least before Wizards Purge them, I mean, they were, you know, pun pun, the divine kobold smasher of worlds, and uh, <laughs> among other, uh, among other builds, and um, you know, people who. You know, three point five. Obviously, casters were better than non-casters. I mean, that that you know, a fighter pretty much sucked no. ass compared to a wizard. Well, come on, let's or let's, a druid. Well, dude, it's it's uh, Angel Summoner and BMX Bandit. Yes, are you familiar with that, Mike? I am not. Okay. Proceed. <laughs> well, no, no. We'll yeah. see. Uh, you know, one cannot be told what that is. No. Well, we'll, 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 well, for those of you who haven't seen the oh, YouTube very video, well, fine. Um, it's uh, from a British comedy show, Mitchell and Webb. Well, and th that Mitchell and Webb look. That, okay, That's the name fine, of the show. Whatever. Um, and it's a, like they, they fight crime. One of them is a BMX guy on a BMX bike, and he's very good at BMXing. But the other guy can summon angels, invincible <laughs> angels that can do anything. And so it's like, all right, BMX bandit, well, the girl's kid being held hostage there. Well, um, it's, uh, first of all, like BMX bandit, it's, a, it's like, okay, they're holding the hostage in there. I recommend I jump through the window on my BMX, do a spinning back wheelie, and knock them out, and then you come in and save the girl. And then Angel Summers. Yes, or we could just summon a horde of angels. <laughs> <laughs> and there's several of them. Uh, I'll show you the link after we're done with the show. But the, the basic point is there. I mean, fighters are BMX bandits. They they can do they can fight. They can do stuff. I they're mean, very they good. They're very good with their swords. Yeah, but that's you know compared to a wizard who can summon monsters to fight for him. You know, fly, <laughs> turn invisible, throw fireballs. You know, or a cleric who can do all that kind of stuff and more and heal or a druid and wear armor. Or God help you, a druid. A druid who gets an animal companion, shapeshift and, you know, wild shape and cast spells. Uh, you know, they, they kind of, you know, eh, little power deficit there. <laughs> so, yeah, minor, minor, minor thing. Um, so, you know, these are some of the major arguments that, you know, sort of irritate me. And then, of course, the one that I get is the conspiracy theory. The, you know, game company X is screwing us again. Uh, you know, whether it's Wizards of the Coast or... Palladium uh, games. Yeah, Palladium. Well, I, people just ba feel sorry for Palladium these days. Well, yeah, it, it's it's the redheaded stepchild. Yeah, they're they're kind of. I, I I almost feel sorry for him if Kevin Simbieta wasn't so batshit insane. <laughs> I mean, are well, you? Am I wrong, Mike? Or have you? Are I'm you not familiar with Palladium? Or okay. have you seen the the interview with Bill Coffin? Um, yeah, he was a writer. That, uh, that's too long to get into, but he was a writer for Palladium. Got into Kevin Symbiota's little quirks. Apparently, he doesn't even lay out books with computers. He still does it manually. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Godspeed, so. sir. <laughs> um, and 
I think obviously the big companies are the worst. You know, White Wolf is screwing us, uh, and then you know Wizards of the Coast is screwing us because they're doing this. They're they've dropping this title or they're doing this and they're changing things. And how can they do this to me? You know, to yeah, uh, to you. Yeah, That's exactly. how it's always is to me. Um, you know, one thing their their companies are trying to make a profit, and you know, to Wizards. I mean, Wizards d- does have some stuff you can you can throw lay their blame at. I mean, like the GSL, the fourth ed GSL sucks. I mean, compared to the open gaming license, I mean, you—that's a legitimate thing uh, you can talk about. But I mean, there's—you're not going to change their minds. I mean, no fan petition I think has ever affected them in the RPG industry. It's, it's um, a, we'll take it under advisement. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. My in terms of people criticizing companies, I mean, are there what what's legitimate and what's not legitimate in terms of like criticizing companies? I really don't think that there is much that's legitimate. I mean, you have to remember that. These these are corporations. I mean, they're poor, for-profit companies. Yeah. If you disagree with something that they're doing, don't buy the book. Yeah. And if enough people disagree with you and don't buy the book, they'll stop doing it because it's not making them money. Yeah. Bottom line's the bottom line. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, to them, it may be distasteful for gamers to admit this even to themselves, but Wizards doesn't care if you don't like it. They yeah. only care if you buy it. Yeah. And if you don't like it, don't buy it. Yeah. And there's, I will say this for Wizards. They put up previews of all of their books that before they come out. You can go to their website and you can look at previews and they'll have straight PDF pages of their book on the site that you can look at. And if you don't like what they're doing, don't buy it. Yeah. That's the best way to show a company that you don't like what they're doing with something. Fan petitions are not going to solve this. Yeah. Posting on the message boards is not going to solve this. That's true. Screwing profits, that will. That will solve the problem yeah. if you can screw the profits hard enough. Right. And, um, I mean, it's not just Wizards. You know how they think about Pazio. Um, I remember when, right before Pathfinder came out, they had the developers posting on RPG.net. And, oh, here's previews of this. And then people got into game balance issues of them. You know, I remember there's one infamous threat in particular like here's our iconic fighter he's a level 14 guy and he has a will save of plus three and level 14 fighter with a will save of plus three and somebody did a comparison of him trying to fight a ice devil which is like a cr9 demon with a fear you know aura of like dc 19 or something like that so basically the fighter tries to charge the ice devil and he runs away in panic pissing his pants (laughs) even though it's a cr9 monster that could you know presumably he could solo but uh no like a a cat versus a commoner yeah well that's that's every edition of dnd and that's just fine that's yeah exactly (laughs) cats should be able to kill commoners in dnd that's that's just just... and if a frog was big enough yeah um and you know people are frogs can do it you know there's frog swarm Frog swarm. Nice. That keeps off. That keeps. That can wipe out a village. That could. That keeps frogs up at night. Oh my god. (laughs) Frog swarms. Well, if frogs were big enough to eat people, we'd be extinct. I mean, or we'd be. (laughs) Yeah. There, there. We'd be living in like you know. Tundra, you know, that would be the only place we could live because they would just fucking eat us all. Are you afraid of frogs? Like you have giant frog, no, I have a frog in there, and I've seen him eat crickets, and uh. it's just like he, he's there here, and he eats the fucking cricket instantly, and you're like, holy shit, I'm glad you're not big enough to eat humans, because we wouldn't see it coming. You'd just be hanging on top of a tree, and we'd be walking by, and I'm like, oh, now we're dead. So I see, because yeah, uh, uh, you know they they don't give a fuck. They they're cold blooded. That is true. They're very cold-blooded. <laughs> um, Would you call them cold-blooded killers? Exactly. Um, 
So people criticized pa Pazio for rushing the pl uh, the beta test because the you know people gave him all this feedback on the uh, the beta test of pa you know Pathfinder, and what it looked like is Pazio were just looking for people like oh this is great I love it I love it and they weren't accepting like actual you know playtesting feedback and so a lot of people criticized Pazio for that but again it's it's their book and you guys lined up people lined up like crazy at Gen Con right. last year for Pathfinder and so you know. Either buy it or if, buy it if you don't like the rules, or don't buy it if you don't like the rules. Like I, I haven't bought it. I know Tom has because I've heard good things about Pathfinder. I haven't actually looked through I, it, but I, I played one session of it. It's I mean it's three point five. There's there are changes to it, but you know. Um, well, from what I, I I bought both uh, the book and I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, turn around. Yeah, we should switch yeah. the mics. I would actually say um, I have checked it out and I'm going to start running it on Saturday for my other group. I kind of like what I've seen so far. Well, I mean, I, mean, I, I have admitted I'm a little bit more. Partial to three point five than I am fourth, though I still think fourth is great. Well, why do you like th uh, three point five better? Is it just you're more familiar with it, or I'm more something? familiar with it? And the real thing is, the druid has always. I, I've had a personal interest and in like liking of druids. You like the three point five. The three point five druids, and it's the emotional attachment I have to it. Well, <laughs> okay. or it's I mean, more like fine. you know, it's that's my personal thing. As uh, as you've said, that's that's what I love and. This one, I had first. I had to wait till uh, Player's Handbook Two came out to get Druids, mm -hmm. and I don't like the Druids in it. Okay, um, yeah, that's true. I think one of the thing about the fourth ed class you can criticize is that they're all, you know, basically they're entirely focused on their combat abilities in the sense like you don't have uh, stuff like uh, Pass Without Trace and uh, Unlimited Wild Shaping, which I know is like your thing with the Druids. Well, uh, three point five, they got rid of that. Uh, you mean in Pathfinder? No, actually in 3.5. No, the unlimited shape-shifting. Well, there was this... Really? Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, yes. In 3.0, there was a druid class in uh, Master of the Wild called Shifter, mm -hmm. which at 10th level, you're, you change to a shape-shifter, and you could shape-shift an, an unlimited number of times a day and pretty much become anything. Yeah. If you had enough hit dice. Yeah. The remade version was the Master of Many Forms, which gives you the ability to become a lot more things, but not everything, and you could still only do it a limited number of times a day. Hmm. I see. Uh, yes, I meant when I when I saw Shifter, I'm like, I will only play that class from now on. <laughs> because okay. the thing is, we were playing at level uh, level uh, level twelve characters in a game, and by by twelve hit dice, I could become a twelve headed Hydra. Yeah, I got twelve attacks per round, <laughs> um, and, and uh, I I killed everything. Yeah, sounds balanced. Oh, yeah. totally, totally balanced. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the things. It was three point five. Is that there's so? I mean, that's one thing I, I do. I kind of I do miss about you know earlier editions of D and D, third ed, and earlier where really creative people could use really creative uses for spells, like totally stuff that no one who wrote the spell ever thought of. You know, uh, you know, all physics tricks with various walls and you know uh, uh, spells, or you know, disintegrating floors to you know destroy to have your enemies like, oh, a golem, he's immune to magic. Well, I'll disintegrate the floor under him ha 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 we don't have to fight him anymore <laughs> um and you know 12 headed hydras you know breaking the systems like there is there is a certain joy it's an art in in breaking that um and i but you know that that that's and rituals and for that i just you know they they, they, they they i don't know they're okay once again but i have problems there are problems with 3.5 that i like there's things i like and things i don't like yeah true of everything i've played but um I don't know. And again, my, and, my favorite version, like, I honestly think Iron Heroes 
is better than fourth ed in terms of combat. Have you have you played Iron Heroes? Here. Have you have you played? No, neither of you. No. Oh, Iron man. Heroes sounds familiar. Mike Marrows. That's what he did before fourth ed. Oh That's yeah. where Mike none of, all the classes are like uh, uh, there are no magic using base classes. There's <laughs> an optional class for using magic, but like it has a lot of a lot of stuff that will eventually come in eventually came into fourth ed. Um, but it was more organic. Conan, in, Conan. Yeah, it was all swords and sorceries. Um, but there was like an archer class, an assassin class, a, a berserker class, and they all had uh, um, like a lot of their abilities charged up during battle. So you didn't have so many uses per day. But like you made certain attacks and you gained rage tokens when you got hit if you're okay. a berserker, and then you could expend the tokens to do certain effects, kind of like a warlock does with certain gotcha. uh, auras. But it was more prevalent, and it, it was just it was very cinematic. And it just a really badass system, and also like the reserve hit points, which are like surges. Make use um, of the chandeliers in the room. And yeah, yeah, no, and using the environment as part of the uh, battlefield, it's really, really fun. And there's a I mean, one thing is the main book is there's a shit ton of rata for it. I mean, it's like totally. And there's some classes like the armager, the the heavy armor dude class is underpowered, um, and the magic rules totally suck. But the magic rules are like. All the characters should be normal, you know, badasses. No, there shouldn't be any magic using PCs, as far as I'm concerned. And um, that's my favorite D20 type anything, even better than Fourth Ed. But I mean, it's a very limited appeal thing because you're only playing sword and sorcery right. type stuff. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, um, the last thing I was thinking of was the uh, uh, it's not Game X, you know, or it's you know, um, it's not my game. I, I see this a lot, especially with Fourth Ed. They're like Fourth Ed D and D isn't D and D. You know, despite it being about, you know, killing monsters and taking their shit, you know, it's not really D&D. Right. Um, I, I think that I think that that, again, goes back to gaming being such a personal hobby. It's not D&D because it can't do the thing that I did in my, you know, my favorite D&D campaign ever. Well, probably D&D didn't really do what yeah. your D&D campaign your did. GM. It was your GM that did yeah. what your D&D campaign did. And that's that's always struck me as a really kind of empty, pointless argument. Yeah. Like, and I heard the same thing about um, uh, one of the new. Uh, I don't know how, how how into cartoons you guys are these days, <laughs> but there there's a new car there's a new cartoon or there was a new cartoon. I think it's it already actually got canceled. Uh, called Batman: The Brave and the Bold. Oh, I've heard it's, of that. It's very kind of over the top. Yeah, it's very Silver Age. Yeah, I saw, I saw a clip on YouTube, uh, uh, YouTube of like the Songmeister. It's like some dude, yeah. uh, the whole episode was a musical, which I thought yeah. was great. Yeah. Because you could do a 3.5 bard like that with like, if you max out diplomacy and bluff and just mind control yeah. people into yeah. dancing and, for uh, you. The, the guy from the Drew Carey show did, does Batman's voice. Yeah. Uh, he also did with The guy in Auto. Office Space? It was like, yeah. Yeah. Two chicks at once. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but I heard a lot of, a, a handful of people were telling me that like, that's not Batman. And I'm like, yes, it is. No. It's, I mean, you may not, it's, it's not it, it may not be the Batman that you like. It's not the Frank Miller Batman. Or the but Batman, you know, the Batman, the animated series. but you know what else was Batman? Adam West Batman. Yeah. Adam West Batman was awesome and and Robin. for that kind of Batman that it was. <laughs> that's more, that, and that's the Batman for more people than probably exactly. the, the dark, and like, the Frank Miller Batman. Yeah. And I, I think that the, the, it's not D and D or it's not vampire or whatever else you want to call your, whatever insult you want to levy on the new edition of the old game that you like. I think it's the same thing. I mean, yes, it is. It's just not the one that you prefer. It's still yeah. D&D. &D, it's just not the D&D &D that you are used to. I see this a lot, not just in D&D, &D, but obviously the World of Darkness, too, uh, where you... Where you 
big fan of either version of the World of Darkness. I've played both. Yeah. Uh, I, I played Old World of Darkness Vampire, which is really the only one that I played. Yeah. And then I've played several of the, the new World of Darkness games. Yeah. Um, any 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 uh, any stake in those uh, uh, those? I know I'm sure you've seen some of those wars. And then you know, like oh, the new world of the darkness sucks. It's awful and blah blah Man. blah. Yeah. Um, again, the old, I will say the old world of darkness system is just terrible. Like it's abysmal. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, the new world of darkness system is a hundred times better. Yeah. Uh, in terms of just being fun to play and fun yeah, to roll yeah, dice, yeah. Uh, I have no stake in one setting over the other. No. Um, I mean, and again, you know, if you, a lot of it's, it's kind of like, I remember of read, you know, um, there's this comic, it's right. Oh, uh, uh, the greatest movies are the ones you saw when you were 12, like the, you know, uh, you know, 12 year when you, if you were growing up when Ghostbuster came out, that's actually a sublime, perfect comedy. But if you grew up when Pirates of the Caribbean was, came out, then that's the greatest comedy, subversive underground comedy ever made or something like that. And, you know, the greatest movies or the, the music you start listening to when you're in your 20s, that's the greatest music of all time. And that's going to mm. be better than all the crap that's come out. So. For the record, mine was Airplane. Yeah. Uh, or Airplane. Um, but, see, and that's objectively better than anything that's come out <laughs> since. But I'll actually say, as far as World of Darkness goes, I haven't played enough of the new system. Yeah. I, there, I, will, I can tell you, I, I am not educated enough to make an opinion on that yet. Right. Well, what about the setting? Have you heard anything about the uh, new setting? The setting, from what I've heard... I know well, you just when, picked up Changeling, so... Yeah, I just picked up Changeling, and I, I really love Changeling the Lost. This, haven't played it, but the concept is really yeah. awesome. Um, it's, it's, I mean, that's actually a lot better than Changeling the Dreaming, I believe yeah. is what it was. Yeah, that's yeah, that much was it. better. Yeah, that, Were you familiar with Changeling the Dreaming? I'm, I'm uh, actually not. My friend Sean, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, uh, he was a big fan of it. But that's where you're actually playing... Yeah. You know, fairies. Fairies. Yeah. I like this one a lot better. Yeah. Because it's actually, uh, I don't know, more dark. World of darkness. <laughs> God, I want more grim dark in my darkness. And let's be honest. You've got grim By, by, thir- my by third edition World of Darkness, that was superheroes with supernatural powers. Yeah. Basically, that's all that was. Especially vampires. I don't think, I really, can anyone honestly argue against that? I mean, that... No, old, I old don't. Dark- but like, let's well, be honest. I'm sure there will be some fanboys. No, my bro- fifth generation diabolized... Bruja with Celerity 8 and... Uh, uh, well, it's one I've heard people in first edition where... Being, I punched Dracula to the moon, but it's still an angst-ridden game about Yeah, you know, it's the first edition, you're actually monsters. Yeah. They try to emphasize that, which is why they updated it. Yeah. You're like, oh, well, this isn't working very much. That's true. That's true. Um, so, you know, I think if it... My, my whole point, I think Mike had the greatest point, you know, talking about how... If you're if you hear somebody talking shit about your favorite game, that you need to step back and realize one, you know, it's on the internet. Who it doesn't matter. You know, two, no two argument people on are entitled to their opinions. Well, and two, it, it, they're not attacking you emotionally. They're not trying. I mean, hopefully. unless they put your name right there. Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> you are a bad person. Your your game is bad, and you should feel bad. You know. Um, <laughs> You know, unless you're Satan shall claim you when yeah. you die. Unless you're playing Fatal. Unless you you honestly emotionally <laughs> love Fatal. I mean, if you um, honestly love Fatal, then you really are a fucking bad person. And uh, we're done with you. Yeah, no, it, seriously, report. Get therapy. I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, there are rules for anal circumference. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> are you familiar with Fatal or oh, Nipple my, Hue? Oh my God, Fatal is a fantasy adult trips and lechery or something like that. It's an 800-page PDF, and it's like the worst D&D clone you will ever hear of. There, it like, detailed, Book of Erotic Fantasy has nothing on this. It's like every every basement 
dwelling nerd. It's every stereotype you can imagine. It's too complex. It's too full of, you know, sexual assault. And it's just just very bad. I mean, it's just awful. Like, we're sudden lechery powers. Oh, God. Um, and I, and people in the Something Awful forums actually did a play-by-post of it, where, like, spell failures would result you in farting at 125 <laughs> decibels. <laughs> <laughs> and shit like that. And, um, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It's basically the worst game in the history of RPGs, which is saying something. He has World of Cinnabar. Cinnabar is pretty bad. Um, you know, actually, somebody had me autograph their copy of yeah, Cinnabar. Yeah, both of us. Yeah, uh, an RPPR fan was there. And uh, uh, Cinnabar is pretty bad, too. I'll show you my copy when we're done. It's pretty bad. It's pretty fucking bad. Uh, any final thoughts on uh, why uh, you shouldn't hate the games? Or you shouldn't, you know, and, and you know, don't hate the game. Everyone's right and everyone's wrong, so shut up. Yeah. Pretty there much. There we go. Mike, any, any final thoughts? Okay, nothing. I agree. <laughs> pretty much everyone's yeah. right and everyone's wrong. Yeah. I mean, you don't like that game? Well, somebody probably doesn't like your game. And yeah. Shut up. Just focus on yeah. Your mom's face. Be a positive person. All right. Well, we'll be back. Tom will have his little letter, and uh, finally one. And um, uh, Ross, yeah. I just like to tell you, no one likes it when someone uses the word "little" yeah. to describe something. Oh. All right. Especially males. <laughs> little sensitive there. All right, Tom. Little uh, trying to. Little look. passive aggressive. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll have uh, shout outs, anecdotes, and more. Let's be honest, as D&D players, we love killing things. No matter what fantastic settings, wondrous visual vistas, compelling story, and interesting role-playing, nothing can compare to slaughtering enough people to populate Madagascar. In fact, did you ever think of that? Without blood-filled bitch races to wade through like a wading pool filled with chum, would we ever really play D&D? I submit to you that we would not. With that in mind, I would like to give thanks to the most, kill- to the most killed being in all of D&D, the Orc. Yes, the Orc. We have long been acquainted with you. From the mist-shrouded days of 1st edition to the Angel, Summoner, and BMX Bandit era of 3rd edition, millions of low-level characters have gleefully cut you down for little reason other than money and XP. And yet you took it all. You watched generation after generation of your people smeared on the business end of a greatsword, wielded by some bespectacled nerd with Asperger's Syndrome, and you never changed. You remained the same stupid axe-wielding grunts we came to love. I am very pleased that orcs have been found have found fame and acceptance lately. Much like zombies, recent developments have made orcs popular. Starting with Warhammer, then Warcraft, and now World of Warcraft, orcs are in the mainstream, even as intelligent warriors, not autistic axe murderers. However, I will always remember them as I first encountered them, a green representation of every jock I ever hated in junior high, getting disemboweled by my plus three sword of childhood catharsis. So enjoy your newfound fame, but know that I will always have visions of entrails and weeping orc children every time I hear mention of you. <laughs> anyway, um, 
so Catalyst Game Labs. Uh, yeah, we just heard about that. Uh, apparently, someone uh, embezzled eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars from Catalyst Game Labs, and so they're kind of fucked right now, financially speaking. And so we might not see any Shadowrun books or yeah, Eclipse Phase or. Uh, I, I I did a game with the guy with one of the guys from that company. Yeah, you didn't tell me, so con. I couldn't interview him for the podcast. So thanks. I wasn't thinking talk. about it, Ross. No, you weren't. You because you, you you're just a selfish human being. That's what I'm saying. You're just. Refer to my previous comment of suck my ass. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, so um, yeah, that sucks. I, I can't believe, you know, for one thing, I'm I'm actually surprised that $850,000 from a tabletop RPG company. Well, I mean, like, and that's how much they stole. That wasn't even all of their revenue. So, like, they made more than that. So, and that's a that's good job. That's almost a million. They made, they must have made over a million dollars because they've, uh, they, that was only how much was stolen. And they survived. And it took them a while to notice that much was gone. So this this has repercussions. So way to go, Catalyst Game Labs, for making a lot of money. I guess, but uh, <laughs> it sucks that you chose such an untrustworthy scumbag to uh, uh, watch your books. Watch your our money. next ransom will be to hire an assassin. No, it's their problem. They can deal with it themselves. Well, they, they make Shadowrun. They can hire Shadowrunners who will. Un- oh, <laughs> Ed, Edgewalker. Where is it? Uh, what Catalyst Game Labs? I don't know. Or the Street Ronin. Yeah, Street the, Ronin. Street what, Samurai. Street Samurai. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, Mike. Are you a fan of any Catalyst Game Labs, or are you going to be missing them? Uh, I'm only passingly familiar with Eclipse Phase. Paul, who's also on Bear Swarm, is a yeah. huge Eclipse Phase fan. He really likes it. Has he actually gotten to play it? Uh, uh, I don't think so. I know he owns it, and he really <laughs> wants to run it and play yeah. it. Yeah, well, let um, him know because I'd like to actually. I'd like to get in touch with him about it because that, that's. I'm also a huge fan of Eclipse Phase, and I have not had a chance to. Uh, yeah run or play it um but uh i do hate Shadowrun. really i hate Shadowrun. you hate it wow yeah, i'm not a and fan we just of talked about don't hate the game at all we I just did the whole episode about not hating games i'm a hypocrite i know why you do you hate my Shadowrun? show you'd know that i know well we're all hypocrites and, yeah. yeah i don't listen anyway. to podcasts but I podcast. um, so tell us why do you hate Shadowrun? i have a i have a thing against what i call genre mixing yeah uh, i don't like fantasy cyberpunk i like fantasy or cyberpunk okay uh, i don't like Orcs with chain guns. I don't okay. like. Uh, so you don't like Warhammer elves. Forty Thousand either. Not really a huge fan of Warhammer Forty K either. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I mean, it's nothing against Shadowrun specifically. Okay. It's just it, I don't like Shadowrun because when you said does, hate, I thought this was like you know Shadowrun shot my dog. I mean, this is like something personal. <laughs> no. Like like I've I've tried to I, play. I, it a I few broke times. up with my girlfriend because of Shadowrun. Like <laughs> that did happen. Really? No, no, <laughs> not at all. Um, no, it's it's nothing against Shadowrun specifically, but it's okay. just Shadowrun is one of this kind of cross-genre type mm-hmm. of game that I don't really like. Mm-hmm. Like, Warhammer 40K is in there. Um, Shadowrun. Riffs. Uh, probably Riffs. Yeah. I've, never, I've never actually played Riffs, but... <laughs> You're I've not heard, missing a whole I've lot. I've heard enough about Riffs, and I'm like, I probably wouldn't like that game. No, it's love, probably not for me. Yeah. I love the setting. Yeah. But, well, no for, for me, Shadowrun is like... I've actually played it. And I've had not very good experiences with it. And I'm still a fan of it. Like, the last game I ran... Maybe you're I just pl- a glutton for punishments. I am. I play Palladium games, too. So, <laughs> and I own a copy of The World of Cinnabar, so obviously something's wrong. I started wrong with on Palladium. Yeah. Um, very unfortunate. My last Shadowrun story is actually a funny story. Uh, a friend of mine from high school, Jared, who Tom knows, um, invited me to play Shadowrun. And I was like, all right. And he, so we would go to this person's apartment. I don't know the people. It's not the it's not the porn wallpaper oh, apartment. Okay. That, that was D&D. That was AD&D. Uh, that sounds uncomfortable. No, oh my God. It was really uncomfortable. Like the wall, that place was covered, wallpapered in porn pinups and wrestling posters. 
and Those everyone in there messages. changed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me. You're telling me. It's a Freudian nightmare in there, man. And we're playing D&D. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, uh, this place was another shithole, hole-in-the-wall type apartment, but it was pretty generic. You know, typical gamer mess, clothes on the floor, blah, 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 blah. So anyways, we're playing Shadowrun. I make a troll physical adept, which is basically a troll psychic ninja, martial artist type, you know, a big heavy hitter. Mm-hmm. And so we go in this Shadowrun, and the, they're like, they meet up with me, but Jared is running the game, and he's not like, okay, you know these people, and you trust them. He's just like, oh, you're a stranger, and you show up, and they're on this run, you know, the mission. And so they assume you're hostile. So we get into this confrontation, and it's basically PC on PC violence, and they're not able to kill me, but I'm obviously outgunned, and I'm a martial artist, and they have guns, so I can't exactly run up and beat them to death. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, at the end of it, I'm nearly dead. Like, there's grenades thrown, walls fall on me, uh, <laughs> walls fall on them. There's like a lot of injuries to go around. And uh, I wind up, I, 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 I declare a moral victory because I basically, in Shadowrun, there's this thing called Doc Wagon, which is like insurance. Private insurance, but it comes with armored ambulances, SWAT like, teams. Cyberpunk's trauma team. Yeah, yeah. I'm familiar. I'm familiar yeah, yeah. with Cyberpunk 20. Okay. Yeah. So it's the same thing. They, they, I have a Doc Wagon thing, and so they, I'm critically injured, so Doc Wagon shows up and saves my ass. So I declared a moral victory because they couldn't kill me. <laughs> Although like, the other two players were experienced, had more guns and magic and shit, and they couldn't kill me. So, aha, I win. <laughs> I see. And I'm sure they killed me off as an NPC later on in the campaign, but I never played it again. And... <laughs> Uh, Jared was a stoner. I think he was high to running the game, so I don't think he he was just laughing the whole thing off. But uh, it was the only time. That was the last time I played Shadowrun. And that I'm sounds still, fantastic. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> and the the, the few yeah, the, I mean, it was one of those games I played like in high school and uh, junior high, and so it was the all dark ages. Yeah, the, <laughs> I just dark I don't dark know about you. Like actually, this is great. do any have you had, did you have really good gaming in high school or in junior high or is it not really? Like, uh, yeah. My my really good gaming started off in like when I first got to college yeah exactly that's, my uh, my high school gaming was was not so good exactly i think that's for the common experience universal. yeah universe near universal i'm sure there's always there's always gonna be somebody that's like no my gaming was great in high school it sucked ever since but i still stick with a hobby or something um but yeah that i i, I will be sad that Shadowrun isn't going to be around anymore well, actually Shadowrun's probably going to go to a different company i mean they'll, they'll license it out i think catalyst is just licensing it from someone like fafsa or someone uh fafsa um so Shadowrun will see a home somewhere else, but you know I, I I hope they you know can make a keep making Eclipse Phase because that's a very cool game and they do Cthulhu Tech which is I know another genre mixing thing yeah, which yeah not a fan. um I'm kind of curious about Cthulhu Tech and of course they they're coming out with a steampunk um game called Leviathan about giant flying ships blowing each other up interesting um it looks very cool so I um so hopefully their their company doesn't fold basically yeah i'm hoping so because i mean it's such i mean embezzlement's uh, you know first a palladium same thing happened to them they they someone embezzled like a quarter uh, 700 grand from them or something like that and they nearly folded but they held this oh fans please support us buy overpriced merchandise support and they actually pulled it off and they're, they're still making books but um uh, well well no, they, they they are putting out new content i mean it's Palladium content, so it's not like, you know, great. Yeah, not a lot of it. Yeah, um, but they're still doing it. So, anyway, um, I just wanted to bring that up about Catalyst, because that, that, that's, you know, we hope you pull, make it through Catalyst. We do. Because um, I wanted to freelance for you sooner We or later. are the world. Although, probably not now, because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to be able to pay anyone for a while. Uh, so, anyways, let's go on to shout-outs. Um, first off is a movie, uh, Triangle. 
Uh, it's a British movie directed by Christopher Smith. He directed uh, Creep and Severance. Uh, Creep is a 2004 horror movie takes place in the subway. Woman stalked by you know weird monster thing. Uh, Severance is a horror comedy about office workers who go. We into, watched that at the Moxie, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, it's it's a great movie. Um, I, I, yeah, um, but anyways, this new movie Triangle um, was actually recommended to me by Scott Glancy of Pagan Publishing, but it. It's one. I don't want to really say anything about it because it's one of those movies that's a real mindfuck. But it's better if you don't know anything about it going into it. Just just grab it. It's on Netflix. If you have Netflix, you can just instant uh, stream it or you know rent it mm-hmm. on there. Um, and it's you know it's only ninety minutes or so, so it's worth watching. It's really really um, creepy and good. It's a good thriller. So anyway, Tom, you you had one. Yeah, uh, one is actually both of mine are actually games I played at Fear of the Con. Right. My first is. Pooh, the card game. Which is from Catalyst Catalyst Games? Catalyst Games, yeah. I know. And I played it with one of the guys from the company. Yeah. It was actually one of those, I was, uh, you were running a game. The first night, I had nothing to do until 8 o'clock. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time just wandering around. Yeah. I was in the, uh, there's like, there was the dealer room and there was the room right next to it. Yeah. And I was just sitting down, kind of thumbing through my own books, working on shit. And there was uh, three people at another table and one's like, hey, we're trying to get, hey, would you like to try this game? I'm like, sure, okay. And, that I saw was it's basically a card game of your monkeys throwing crap at each other, and the goal is to th- to cover your enemies in more crap than you have. And when I, that is pretty uh, much uh, that's a good goal. That's how yeah. That's if how, I was a monkey, that would be my goal. Yeah, that's how it was sold to me. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'll try it. Sure. <laughs> and what was really weird is it was really freaking fun. Okay. First of all, the artwork on the cards are great. Okay. And just. As well as I found myself getting into it for some reason. Yeah. And first of all, the people I was playing with, I was playing it with were uh, really good, really good, and yeah, you know, like you really, really got the game. Did you win? Uh, no, actually, I didn't. Actually, uh, I did not. But I had a card where as soon as I lost, everything that was on me went to, went to uh, an opponent of my choice. Okay. So I knocked out the other player too. Oh, good! How dare you get crap? Actually, on I remember me. the name of the card was "Take Them With You," and the picture <laughs> is a monkey in a uh, you know karate kid yeah. getup. Nice. It was really fun. Um, all right, so very good. Um, yeah, the next one is uh, no, no, you do no, two yeah. years. Um, well, anyway, uh, imaginary monsters is my next uh, one. Uh, it's a web comic. Uh, about monsters in a D&D type dungeon and uh, there's a skull there's Dennis the wizard the skeletal wizard there's uh, uh, there's Grizzle Dude a skull kind of monster and then there's Lightning Knight and it's a very kind of chill kind of very funny there's not very many comics so far there's only about 60 or 70 of them um, but it's very entertaining but um, well you had one more board game though too, right Tom? yeah alright well fine I'll go next yeah actually and fun- funnily enough the uh Next, my next shout out is a game I played with with the two people who were also playing Pooh the card yeah, game. Yeah. Was uh, Pandemic, a board yeah. game. You're basically CDC agents trying to stop a uh, global outbreak of disease. Yeah. And let me tell you, they they said that very rarely do you win the game because it, okay. it's a cooperative game with you and all the other players. I see. And they are correct. You will rarely win that game. If you are playing that game and you actually beat it. Mark that day on your calendar. It does not happen often. That's like a, that's a game where you're trying to kill everybody on the planet with a disease. No, right? you're trying to stop that from happening. Oh, it's okay. one of those games. I see. I played the. There's a web browser game, or there's a pandemic flash game. and pandemic too. I played both of them. Yeah, the, the flash game is similar. Yeah, although it's but in this one, no. It's there's an outbreak of disease. You're trying to cure it. 
Oh. So you're running around. Well, that's no fun. Well, you're trying to save the world. Oh. Make the world a better place. I'd rather be the disease. I, I know. <laughs> I'd rather be pestilence, man. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. You, that's actually stents. That's, yeah, ta- that's tattooed on your back. Kind yeah. of a, like, I'd rather be the disease. Yeah. <laughs> kind of deep. <laughs> we are a disease. Humanity is a di- disease, right? We're getting and, like, and we are the cure. Yeah. Uh, but Mike, you had a couple too. Uh, I know you saw a movie up at uh, Fear the Con. Uh, yeah, I was hanging out with. Uh, I was actually staying uh, up in St. Louis that weekend. I was staying with Matt, who is from the podcast. Right. Um, right. Hi, podcast. How you doing for Real Plane Public Radio? Anyway. Probably doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, but uh, I noticed that he had uh, a, a DVD of a movie that I had seen previews for maybe like three years ago. Uh, it's a Japanese movie called Kasarn, but I'd never been able to find it and I'd never watched it. So uh, I sat down and watched it, and it's it's interesting. It's yeah. ve- <laughs> I mean, and I don't mean that like when most people say it's interesting, they mean. It's, it's bad. Yeah, yeah. It's bad, but I don't want to say it's right. bad. Yeah. It, it wasn't bad. It was... I don't think I really understood everything that was happening. Yeah. It was very Japanese. Yeah. Um, but the parts that I understood were great. <laughs> and the action scenes were really cool. And yeah. visually, it's fantastic. Um, it's more Final Fantasy than any Final Fantasy that I've seen in a really long time. That's a good like, way of summing it up. Like, there's airships and yeah. stuff like that, and the main bad guy and the main good guy kind of have this almost pseudo-brother, but we hate each other sort of relationship. Yeah. It's It felt very Final Fantasy, almost to the point when I was like, where's my, where's my battle sound. screen? Yeah. Come on, I need my... Limit yeah. break. And my, yeah, two, no. my two frame victory. Game. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Very good. I miss um, those. I've seen it too. It's been a while since I've seen it, and yeah, it's a very, it's very much along those lines of like very philosophical kind of what does it mean, and you know, oh, what, how, I want to destroy everything, or I want to alter everything on Earth, and uh, what is metal? Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, very like destroy the world to save the world. Exactly. Kind of feel um, to it, which I never got. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> but yeah, Final Fantasy cutscenes, Metal Gear cutscenes, yeah. that, that kind of that school. Uh, but yeah, it's one. I think it was one of the first movies that was done almost entirely on blue screen. Um, so it's that same really stylized CGI yeah. live action look. Um, yeah, yeah, Sky like Sky Captain, but again with a Japanese anime manga sense sensibility. I know it's a it's based on a manga series or a manga and no an anime series. I, I, I I'm. I, I, I can't imagine them not making a movie based... I mean, right. they wouldn't make it on some of the original. It would have to be based on some manga or something. Probably. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, what Wikipedia? Yeah. Um, the movie's basically, you know, a genetically engineered cybernetic ninja fighting a robot army. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Yeah. I, it's pretty how, good. How could you go wrong with that? Uh, exactly. Uh, and speaking of that, uh, I actually have to recommend an anime uh, one I saw recently, although it's a very old anime, M.D. Geist. Uh, it's like 1980, early 80s, ultra violent, um, super, super gory, um, pointless anime in a way because it's about a genetically engineered super soldier, MD Geist, most dangerous Geist. I don't explain what Geist means, but he's, you know, he's the most dangerous one of them. Um, and they, they think, oh, you're so dangerous, guys. We're going to put you in a prison in a satellite. Ha, 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 ha. And then he, the satellite falls to that orb, and he gets out, and he's like, I must go fight things. And so he <laughs> fights things. <laughs> That's the plot of it, basically. First, he fights a gang, and he takes over the gang. And the woman's like, oh, you're so hot. Oh, here are my boobies. And then, like, no, I don't care for you, skank. I want to fight. <laughs> and, like, oh, let's fight 
uh, I'll go fight and help the losing army because they will pay us or I have some weird grudge or something against them. And so he fights their enemies and they're like, okay, we're going to go in the secret mission to save the world from an evil factory full of robots that is going to uh, uh, come to life and kill all the life on the planet. And he's like, yeah, okay, sure. And... <laughs> <laughs> Well, is he an asshole about it? Like he's Fist a of, huge like, asshole, like like Fist of the North Star. Oh yeah, it's like Ugh, you are weak. I'm strong, and uh, <laughs> you know doesn't even answer people when they talk to him. He just looks at them, you know that arrogant anime look. Uh, Trench coat and katana. Well, he's like you know yeah leather jacket and uh, uh, yeah more Mad Max style, but yeah basically. Um, so it winds up, you know, he gets betrayed by the colonel, and then he fight kills the colonel, and then he's like, he's at the console, he's like, you know, basically there's a screen saying, Project Destroy All Life on Earth. Is at, turn on or off? <laughs> on. <laughs> and the girl runs up to her, he's like, why did you do that? <laughs> I want things to fight. And then he kills her, and then he goes off, <laughs> and he sees, the last shot, it shows him watching all these robots rising out of this factory to, you know, he's like, now I will have things to fight. Forever, <laughs> they go off to destroy the world, and he's going off to fight them. And apparently, there was a sequel, according to Wikipedia, but I can't imagine it being better than this one because that's the ultimate. Like, it's it's sort of like a player gaming. It's like what a player character would do in a game. It's like I want to level up. Well, you need to fight things to level up. So uh, I activate the robot factory so I can kill all the robots for the experience points. But they'll wipe out most of humanity. Whatever. Collateral damage. Yeah, I don't lose experience points. For for letting people die, right? No. Well, <laughs> like this game, this game doesn't have a morality system. Um, so yeah. Uh, uh, Sounds like a lot of not my problem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's very early '80s anime. It's just so over the top. You can't help but love him. He's just such a lovable little scamp. <laughs> uh, MD guys. Um, you had another. You uh, got um, Mike. You got to play a game um, at uh, Fear the Country. You're talking about uh, Iron Tyrants. I did. I demoed Iron Tyrants, which is a uh, tabletop skirmish mm. game. Uh, it's being written by uh, Luke, and I think David also contributed pretty significantly to the writing, both of podcast fame. Yes. Um, but uh, it's a tabletop skirmish game. It's kind of a streamlined, faster-paced, more action-y version of Battletech. Like, there's way less bookkeeping. It's, it's, That's good. I, I, yeah, I, it's it's very fast-paced, kind of quick-fire. Uh, I mean, I we did a... Me and Luke did a four-versus-four four mech battle. Yeah. And it took maybe 45 minutes. For That's pretty good. Game, which is about what he was saying. And it's it's pretty easy to learn. It's it's fast-paced. By round two, like, I really only had to ask for clarifications on certain things Doesn't and stuff like rolling. that. No, it was pretty fun. Cool. Um, I, I suppose the demo game. Like, what the, did you find out anything about the mech customization rules? Because I know mech games are very big on like. There are no co mech customization rules, uh, which is one of the things that I was like, Luke, your game needs customization rules. Because I, I want to build my own mechs. Yeah, bringing up uh, you know Catalyst Game Labs, I know one of the big uh, uh, criticisms for Cthulhu Tech was that you couldn't customize the mechs very much. You, you could only change like what kind of weapon they were carrying. Right. That was it. And people with the mech games, they love to customize yeah. the fuck out of their mechs. I mean. Um, one of the things that he was saying is the one of the reasons why he didn't build mech customization rules, why he didn't make mech building rules, yeah, yeah. is because he wanted really strong factions in the game. So each faction has their mechs, and each faction has abilities, and each faction has commanders that then give you other abilities to play. So it's not like you just pick your mechs and then go. It's you pick your mechs, which belong to this faction, which are led by this guy, which all kind of changes 
how you play the game in minor ways. Yeah. Um, he was talking about maybe doing mech customization rules in an expansion someday and stuff like that, but no, out, uh, out of the box, there there aren't any. I got you. Um, no, do you know? Did he talk about anything about the ETA before it was going to be published? Or uh, he he was saying that the book is about seventy percent written. Right. Um, and they've already got the publisher and all that, and all the funding is lined up. So it's just waiting for him to finish the last thirty percent or so of the book. Okay. And then it'll go. I, I think he said within the next few months. But cool. We'll look. Don't quote to me on that. Okay. No, we'll quote you. It'll be on the oh, front page. You'll be like, we even. I think yeah. he said within the next few months, but don't quote me on that. Okay. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> no, quoted, Mike. Uh, it'll be in bold, underlined, flashing. Damn it. Um, but uh, uh, is this going to be like uh, with actual miniatures coming out, or is it going to be like just a book? Is it going to be it's, PDF it's or what? a It's a book that I think comes with uh, some terrain, like some paper build-up 3D terrain. Paper craft and, kind of stuff, like yeah. fold your own. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the mechs are uh, cardstock mm-hmm. stand-ups. Okay. And he, basically, he was saying that if they if it sells enough and if they can generate enough revenue off of it, then they'll probably do a special edition with actual like mini miniature mechs because it turns out that those are expensive to make. Oh yeah, no, that's um, what I was asking about. I yeah, basically, like I think first run is pretty much going to be cardstock, and it, depending on how well it sells, right. they might do a second run with actual mecha. I mean, I've always been wanting to try like a mech game. Like I've I've seen that you know the. Um, Battletech starter kit or box set, mm-hmm. and I've just never, you know, it just seemed like a little too much. I know we played, a, Tom and I played in a Battletech campaign once, and I made the mistake of being a pilot, you know, like, oh, I'm gonna go on a bombing run. No, no, yeah. no, dude, I was the pilot. No, I mean, uh, no, I was a bomber. I was a pilot too. Yeah, yeah I remember playing it was with Matt's group. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, um, I know, well, I know, like, okay, my, well, this my, one, the thing, what I remember is because I was, I was doing it making bombing runs, but what sucks is you basically you make a bombing run, then it takes five turns to circle back around make it so for five combat turns you are you're standing there with your thumb up your ass well and what sucks for me is that i remember doing that i was i think you were a fighter maybe i was a bomber maybe the other way around but i was i was definitely a plane too because i remember oh i roll i miss okay five turns later you get to roll again yeah well it wasn't five turns it was like two turns no no dude it was more than that now well maybe for you because you're (laughs) but the same basic principle applied it it was a if you're playing i think the thing is if you're playing a game called battletech or mech warrior or something about mechs you don't you you should play a mech you shouldn't play a plane or a tank or anything like that because that's yeah the rules aren't set to favor you i think um you know in dwarf fortress you want to be a dwarf uh uh so anyway um and finally uh last one is another web comic called uh sin uh, it's a mystery type of a uh, very David Lynchian kind of um, mystery where a guy starts having the same reoccurring dream of a, a desert of a beach with a strange tree in the background and he starts weird his life starts becoming altered and it's only about 90 comp strips into it so I haven't figured out much of what the plot is but apparently there's like a shared dream world uh, people die you know um, it's Heads explode. Um, it's it's very good, uh, but yeah, you should check it out. So, is uh. this anything like the YouTube video of the the Goofy movie as envisioned by David Lynch? A uh, little bit, yeah, yeah, <laughs> or Videodrome, basically. Uh, it's, <laughs> Uh, yeah, YouTube video of remixing the trailer of the Goofy movie. Like, how would David Lynch direct the Goofy movie? It would be pretty fucking disturbing. Uh, <laughs> um, but I think the Goofy movie is disturbing anyway. Not that I've seen yeah. it. Uh, just the idea it. of it. Busted. Yeah. He loves it. Well, yeah, no. Um, 
Because the Goofy movie, like Goofy as a kid, that implied Goofy had sex, and that's that's <laughs> just like, come on, come on, really, Disney, God damn it. And dude, he's in a hot tub with Pete. He is. Yeah. Okay. Well, right. it's it's in the David Lynch video. Uh, okay, I'll take your word for it. That that thing, I try and bl- blurt it out. Um, anyways, we have we do have one gaming anecdote. Um, this is from Jean Francois, uh, from uh, Ubisoft in Canada, and. Uh, Hi, I have another gaming anecdote about a game I almost played in. It was a few months ago at a demo game of the Fate 3 Aspect system game. Uh, it was a demo game friend offered by a friendly local gaming store, and I never played in the system. I was curious about it, before, so I thought, why not? Day of the game, there are five people sitting at the table, including me. So we go through an overview of the rules and ask creator characters. Her setting is a sword and sorcery type world. Low magic fantasy, I don't remember particularly. I decided to make an Errol Flynn-like archer rogue. So I choose my aspects to be things like charming rogue, agile, peerless archer, hide in the woods, stuff like that. When everybody is done, we must present our characters to the rest of the group. Guy next to me starts talking about his dark elf champion that fights with two broadswords. <laughs> Drizzt clone right out of the bat. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Next guy is a barbarian named Coldstone. Until he gets to his aspects, which are all based on some WWE uh, wrestler, <laughs> WWE wrestler uh, catchphrases. The best there is, there was uh, ever be. Because Cold, Coldstone said so. Open a can of whoop ass, etc. So much for serious roleplay. And the next guy's character was okay. I don't, I don't really remember it. But the last guy was the worst character concept I ever saw. The half-giant retard. He had aspects like retard strong, never go full retard, and sex nut. That's when I faked getting a call on my cell phone and said it was an emergency. And I got the fuck out of there. That was the one and only time I signed up for anything at the friendly local game store. And I'm never going to sign up for anything ever again. So, um, I... Yeah, I can I can see why he would do that because I mean, uh, you never go full retard. <laughs> you never go full retard. Well, I mean, think about it though. If you're going at a game store with playing with strangers, you won't be like, "I'm playing a retard with sex nut." How you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, wouldn't you want to leave at a store like you know just yeah. some random? It's like, mean, a, it's like a guy showing up wearing a robe. Yeah, you don't want to. You like just keep that belt on. I don't want to see anything. <laughs> um, and it's like, fa- hello, welcome to the game. Yeah, uh, and it, which is the same because the Fade uh, is apparently a very good uh, a system. It's um, based on uh, aspects, which are kind of like Rhesus. You you uh, roll for an aspect. So like Charming Rogue, you can, anytime you do anything remotely charming or roguish, you can roll for that. And uh, it's supposed to be a very good system. Uh, so it's he'll that, never know. Yeah, he'll never know because of <laughs> full retard. Um, although I, I'm kind of curious if it turns out that was like dude, the I, best I, game well, ever. Dude, I have, to, I, I have to give him credit. I don't know if I'd have the balls to do that, to just like, um, yeah, I'm getting a call, I gotta go. You don't know many gamers. They, they, they don't understand social nuances. Some, some, I mean, no, I can't imagine like Craig doing at it. metagames. I mean, he is. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, do you, you, you know Craig uh, here, uh, Mike. You know, oh, yes. Yes. Um, I haven't seen, is he still hanging around there? I haven't seen him. I, I don't know. I haven't actually been to meta in like maybe a month now. Okay. Um, but I mean, go listen to Bear Swarm's, uh, D and D four E release night special. Yeah. Because we spend like a half hour making fun of Craig. Oh wow. Because you can hear like we're recording at Meta before yeah, yeah. they and you can hear Craig in the background. He's across the room. Oh wow. You can hear him. Oh and my it's god. it's pretty much us sitting there going like God, we hate that guy. Yeah. That guy's a douchebag. He sucks. is. I mean, he just doesn't He's shut so up. So obnoxious. Yeah, so I could see someone like Craig making, you know, never go full retard and sex not <laughs> and on his character sheet. I no, mean, he'd make the Drizzt clone. Yeah, that's true. He takes he, himself way too seriously. Yeah, he wouldn't be that creative even. But I I mean, 
There, there are people who have no problem in public doing really stupid shit like that. We'll do like, well, like, well, we're just in the plane. Yeah. I wank off. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Um, and with that, no. Um, so, any final thoughts on uh, this episode, Tom? Or? I will repeat my last one. Everyone's right and everyone's wrong. Everyone's right and everyone's uh, And uh, so, yeah, this is, uh, we'll have Mike have the final word for uh, this episode, I guess. Since he's the guest here for the Bear Swarm oh, 2010. Man, now, but... now there's all kinds of pressure. I know. Uh, also... Final word. Yeah, yeah. Uh, eh, it's a little trite. Um, I'm going to go with cocksucker instead. That's going to be my final word. All Arguing right. on the internet makes you a cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time. Cocksuckers. <laughs> <laughs>